0: This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at P1Australia.com.
1: Thunder Media.
2: Hi, I'm Chas Mostard. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening
3: to Inside Supercars from the racetracks across australia and here's inside supercars
0: on this episode of inside supercars we hear about testing at winton
2: it's a busy busy day for the teams because there's a lot that needs to happen but the drivers aren't in the car the whole time so we have a little bit more access to them as well from uh you know from a media and communications
0: perspective what went wrong with shane van gisbergen's car up at queensland raceway
1: and um what it looks like has happened is uh, one of the fittings has been knocked on the caliper um, and then that's subsequently come loose and so Shane you know exiting turn oh sorry entering turn six and uh, has has a driver's worst nightmare when the pedal goes to the floor so literally no front brakes
0: and it's a chance to meet our stand-in host whilst Tony Whitlock's away
4: it was always good for me to be able to head out to a racetrack it was my little uh, working holiday, I guess, from the day job, and being yeah you know, one of the few people in the Adelaide newsroom who knew what was going on, it was good times.
0: It's all coming up on Inside Supercars today, and it starts now. Hello, and welcome to Inside Supercars, Craig Revel. Tony Whitlock is on special assignment to Norway, so it's a great pleasure. We welcome Kara Jenkin to Inside Supercars, who's going to be sitting in the hot seat for, well, the next few weeks while Tony's away. Kara, it's a great to have you on board.
4: Thanks for having me, and hopefully we'll be able to have some good chats.
0: We have uh, known each other for a while, particularly through the Adelaide 500, where you were working for the Adelaide, Adelaide Advertiser. But interestingly, working in the sports section and working on motorsport wasn't actually what your role at the Advertiser in in News Limited was all about.
4: No. So I started out at the Advertiser, started at the end of 2004. And so by the time the Clipsaw 500 was then rolled around in 2005, a few people had gotten to know that I was pretty keen about motorsport. And the, the guy who was heading up the reporting team down there said, why do not you come on board? You know more about this than a lot of other people here in the newsroom. So I ended up starting my first year at the Adelaide 500 as a general reporter, colour reporter, asking drivers random questions about the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. And I managed to swim my way onto that reporting team every year after that, for until I left the advertiser in, well, until the Adelaide 500 uh, got um, temporarily stopped, I guess is the way that we call it. So then, uh, probably a few years ago, that uh, evolved into doing some more of the motorsport side of things, more sport reporting, and I was able to continue to do that whenever there was a supercars round in South Australia. While my roles at the Advertiser evolved as well, I did all sorts of things. I covered the police beat, I covered stuff about the environment and I ended up doing things for employment nationally. So it uh, it was always good for me to be able to head out to a racetrack. It was uh, my little uh, working holiday, I guess, from the day job and being yeah, one of the few people in the Adelaide newsroom who knew what was going on, it was good times.
0: As you mentioned, you you started off doing the colour, and then more recently you were then doing a lot more about the racing and about the races. But where did that love, that first interest in motorsport, all stem from?
4: Uh, well, I've my dad's a mechanic, so cars were never anything that was strange or foreign or scary to me. There was there was usually a, a car of some customer sitting in the the driveway at home. So, but he never really uh, took me to race meetings. I do have a vague memory of being out at Malala um, in a paddock with a fence with the cars a million miles away. You could barely see them going around the circuit and Dad going, that's that's the race cars over there and, and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so probably it probably wasn't until I started driving uh, when I was 16 and you start going out with friends and, and getting behind the wheel myself that I got interested in cars a, a little bit more from my my side of things, and uh, then you had mates who were going to the races. So yeah, I think the the first one was probably going Adelaide 500 on a Sunday, and then it turned next year it turned into Saturday Sunday, and then the next year it was Friday Saturday Sunday, and. and and before you know it, I'm sitting there watching Bathurst for 10 hours on the TV and and then watching more and more more, and more of the racing. And I just, it's evolved over time so that now I'm, I'm glued to the TV. If I'm not at a footy match, I'm, I'm watching the supercars on TV.
0: And you also now in South Australia have the bend with its round and now climaxing the year is the Adelaide 500 return bigger and better than ever.
4: It's, uh, it's really exciting to have two rounds to be like a lot of the other states. You know, Queensland's got a couple, New South Wales has a couple, Victoria's a couple, so why can't we have a couple of rounds here in South Australia, especially when we've got the, what's been known as the, the, I'd say it's the best event, uh, the Adelaide 500 is a street circuit in terms of the amount of people that come along, the atmosphere and the good times that everybody has. Uh, as well as the the state's newest and best motorsport facility I mean it was named the world's best um that was the, the Bend Motorsport Park or what's now the Shelby Power Motorsport Park. Uh, so it's fabulous and it's great to see that both events are, are really well supported by their uh, by the motorsport fans whether you like the the open circuits uh, that the Bend offers uh, or the street circuits that's in the city in the heart of Adelaide.
0: What in particular about racing has kept your interest?
4: Well, I um, I don't know. A lot of people probably think this is blasphemous to say, but I'm not really interested in Formula One and all those kind of things. What I like about the the supercars and probably touring cars more generally, uh, some of the other categories like Touring Car Masters and Toyota 86s and whatever is uh, is that bit of uh, bumping. Um, You know, cars can hit each other and they don't fall apart straight away. Uh, They keep racing. Uh, It kind of reminds me of footy a bit, I guess, you know, give each other a bit of a hit and shoulder and a bit of a tackle and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, aside to that, there'd also be the the strategy that can come into play. Um, That's sort of those surprising things that, uh, a team does that suddenly they're, they're up the top, they were at the back of the field and now they're up the top. And and you, you never really know what's going to happen in motorsport, whether it's the, the part failure or an animal jumping on the track or um, someone just having a shocking weekend or, uh, or whatever it is, the random things that, uh, that can happen in motorsport that just keeps everybody on their toes. So it's a few different things that uh, I really enjoy about it.
0: As a reporter and having worked police beats and all different aspects of the paper, how did you find when you came in as part of the advertiser crew when you had to work with the supercars? And you did a lot of work with support category drivers and teams as well.
4: (laughs) I have a funny story where uh, my first year, it was Mark Winterbottom's first year. Well, I think it's a funny story. Um, and first year as a, a full time uh, driver, and I walked in. My assignment was to go into a garage and uh, and talk to someone about the different parts of the car. And uh, so I'm like, oh, okay. You kind of just walk into a garage. You don't need to get permission, or you know, there's all these signs saying don't go in there. And but no, I was allowed to just walk in. I'm thinking, okay, this is a bit 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 weird. And then there, somebody sort of saw me standing around looking like I wasn't supposed to be there, and he went, oh. Can I help you? And I said, oh, this is what I'm here for, what I'm going to do, and can I ask ask some, someone some questions? And he went, yeah, you can ask me. So ask questions about the car and this and that. And then at the, uh, the end of it, I said, oh, so what's your name? And he said, oh, Mark Winterbottom. I said, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm a driver. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> so this was back before, I, you know, I knew who Craig Lowndes were, I knew who Mark Scaife was, you know, but some of those uh, the newer drivers especially the Ford ones because I've come from a Holden background um didn't really know so I think it's uh yeah it's been been good to have that such uh, um, embracing welcoming um often other people will say they're so surprised about how approachable um, a lot of people are whether they're drivers whether they're team members uh just the the interaction with with fans that they offer and the things that they do so it's uh yeah it's uh Uh, It's a good community to be a
0: part of. I'm looking forward to exploring some of those topics with you further in the weeks to come. But we have had a chance to sit down with Mitch Robinson, the media manager at Supercars, who's at a test day in Winton. And we find out more from Mitch in just a moment here on Inside Supercars. So Mitch, uh, why are you
4: at the test day today? Oh, it's just an
0: opportunity
2: for us to come out and create some coverage about it, essentially. So it is it is a very important day for all the teams. And, uh, and on top of that, across Winton and Queensland Raceway today, all every single car is running this week. So that'll be running at the Sandown 500 and about this 1,000. So it's you know, yeah, it's good for us to be here and cover it. Uh, I know we've also got some media stuff coming up around Sandown tomorrow. So we've sort of packaged it in. So our photographer and I made the trip down from Queensland to lovely Victoria. And uh yeah, we had a little bit of rain earlier today at Winton that slowed things down for a bit, but the sun's come back out. So it's actually come out to be a, a pretty nice day in, in regional Victoria.
4: Uh, is there anything that uh, has interest you in particular, anything that you've spotted that's been happening that you've sort of thought hmm, about?
2: Nothing in the sense of like a, uh, a journalistic scoop, I guess you could say, but it is mm-hmm. in saying that it's an important test day for the teams. Naturally, this is the, the last test day before the enduro start for most teams, it's their last test day of the year. Uh, but this is what teams call their enduro test day. So they're working on things like driver changes. They're working on brake pad and brake rotor changes. How do you go through the ergonomics of a pit stop? Uh, there's lots of co-drivers out there doing race runs at the moment, just getting familiar with driving a gen three car a- at length for the first time. So there's, you know, from a team perspective, there's a lot that's going on um, a lot of, you know, well, testing, fine-tuning, trial and error—all those sorts of things. So, it's uh, it's an important day for everyone, and it's you know a full day of action on track. So, it's you, even you're, no matter what level of race fan you are, if you like watching cars go around in circles all day, it's a uh, definitely a good place to be.
4: Have you been to one before?
2: Yeah, I've been to plenty of them. Uh, through my days with uh, with Tickford, and then uh, came out to a couple at the start of the year here at Winton when Gen 3 cars were just getting underway um you know we'll come out as well from a media perspective and interview some drivers that we'll then create into content that we send out to major news outlets that we post on supercars channels uh website uh social media etc etc so it's a good opportunity for us to get everyone you know in get a lot of big hits or, or you know kill more than two birds with one stone so Yeah, get a lot done out here on these days can be pretty productive. Uh, You know, everyone's generally, it's a busy, busy day for the teams because there's a lot that needs to happen, but the drivers aren't in the car the whole time. So we have a little bit more access to them as well from a a media and communications perspective. So it's uh, a nice little way to spend an afternoon for sure.
0: Whilst you're a seasoned professional at a test day, it would be some time since the CEO of Supercars, Shane Howard, has surely been to a Winton test day, and and how many others of uh, the supercar hierarchy are down there?
2: Uh, oh, Craig, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Shane today.
0: <laughs> um,
2: we but we have some of our motorsport department down here, uh, a couple of representatives there, uh, just prior, who are come the majority of days anyway that uh, look after any you know, technical things that need looking into on the day, also basically ensuring that teams are following the rules. So it's uh, pretty standard from our perspective today, uh, just managing and, and overseeing things rather than getting too involved with things. No doubt uh, we'll be looking at different numbers and any sort of other items that we, the technical team might deem necessary. Uh, but yeah, it's not a, a super high stress day for us. It's more one that we just sit back and do our job a bit and then uh, yeah, just sort of observe and see how everyone's going.
0: So they're not looking at other components or any of the uh, the data immediately, they're just taking it all in.
2: Essentially, yeah. I mean, you're always looking at things just to see, I mean, it's no different to you know what the teams are doing. They're looking at ways that they can improve their package and not saying it's something we're, that we would be looking to, you know, action or anything of that nature per se, but definitely just keeping our finger on the pulse, I guess is probably a good way to
0: describe it. We have a few new drivers and particularly with wild cards, is there any observation of their driving standards being done by the technical department or anyone else from supercar? Uh,
2: not any more than uh, their drivers as well. Uh, when you look at the, the wild card entries that we have this year, I mean, they're, uh, you know, everyone who's in the car are of you know, the same standard that we would expect. And there's you know two of those three are racing in super two uh, currently with Kai Allen and Aaron Love in terms of, essentially the primary drivers of those entries. And then the others who are in the car are all, or well, of the six drivers of wild cards, four of them are have done previous stints in supercars with Zane Goddard, Jake Kostecki, Craig Lowne, Simone Di Silvestro. And then Aaron Love and Kai Allen are, are doing an exceptional job in the Super 2 series as well currently. So, yeah, if you, in terms of the standard of driving or standard of uh, uh, ability, um, yeah, there's certainly no concerns from from our perspective.
0: Sandown is coming up, and you mentioned you're uh, doing some PR tomorrow for the 500. What's it looking like, and what can you tell us about the preparations for the Sandown 500?
2: Uh, it's it's great. It's a Sandown 500's back, right? It's an exciting time for any race fan, I think. And you're know, having it come back to it's you know what people call it's traditional date in mid September, leading into the Baptist 1000, is pretty exciting for everyone and i think you know, we have you know obviously have a couple more wild cards in the fray as well it's the first co-driver race in with gen 3 it's the longest race that gen 3 cars have done yet so it, it there's a lot of things that will be interesting to see how they play out and we won't get to really see how they play out until they're happening in real time so it's uh it should be a really cool event uh and it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out because there are plenty of things i think not everyone everyone thinks they have an idea of how it might shake out, but you won't know until we go racing on Sunday.
0: The season of endurance kicking off at the Sandown 500. And I know that Repco have been doing a lot of work when supercars are getting the advertising campaign together, but how important is the marketing of Sandown and getting that traditional event back up and running?
2: Oh, I think it's just helping us to maximize what that event and what that venue has for us. It's uh, you know it's it is a, a cool historic location has a, quite a bit of prestige to it, and the the amount of time that we've been racing there, or the span of time that we've been racing there, and you think of the names that have competed at Sandown, have won at Sandown, won Sandown endurance races are some of the biggest names of the sport. So it's it has that bit of sentimental value to to everyone within the sport, and, and when you look at the the demographic of race fans and those, especially, that've been around for a long time, and, and can appreciate that list of of competitors and winners at Sandown. I think it's uh, it makes everyone feel quite a bit nicer that we have uh, a long endurance race there, and yeah, the 500 uh, is back is kind of a cool thing to 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 talk about, to to think about, it and get to experience at the tracks. So yeah, certainly everyone's looking forward to it, and I think it'll be a pretty good race as well.
0: Got rid of the the sprint races, and it is just now long races right to the end.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we've got the two driver races at Sandown, and obviously the big one at Bathurst, uh, and then the uh, twin two fifties at Gold Coast and Adelaide, it's it's a huge run to the end of the season for us. Uh, it's just big event after big event, which is uh means there's a lot going on on the organisational side of things, just in terms of the preparation and, and hyping it up as much as we can. But once you're on the ground, it's uh you know four straight events that have a pretty cool atmosphere to them. So we're, you know, I know we're certainly looking forward to it, and I have no doubt that the fan base is as well.
4: This is the first time since COVID, isn't it, that we're having more than one co-driver race? That's
2: correct, yeah.
4: What kind of challenges does that throw up when you've suddenly got a whole lot more drivers
2: that are going on. <laughs> uh, well, I think some people might look at those challenges, and uh, some might look at them as opportunities. I think one thing that would excite teams about having Sandown ahead of Bathurst is it, it gives them a warm up essentially. You know, it gives the the co-drivers an opportunity to go through a race situation uh, without without it being Bathurst, which obviously is the the holy grail for everyone in terms of a single race you can win in this sport and. Uh, for the teams, it gives them an opportunity to work on you know, things like brake pad, brake rotor changes, uh, long fuel fill stops, uh, driver changes, and just getting all those things right. Because there's uh, certainly a, a there's a little bit more you know, just tension in the air when you get to this on Sunday and it's time to to go to work. So to have a, basically like a, a dress rehearsal and a sense of a race event that's an enduro, the teams definitely enjoy that being said you still want to go out and win the Sandown 500 as well cuz that's a good feather in the cap to have when competing in this series so it's it's not that anyone isn't taking next week seriously but uh, it, it will have it'll take a little bit of the edge off when we get to Mount Panorama in October
4: What about the Gold Coast 600 they, um, they used to have a uh, the co-driver element to it is that uh, in the works for next year Yeah. Um,
2: uh, not to my knowledge, I don't know uh, exactly what all is being planned or what's expected there for that event. Uh, but we still yeah, had a very have had a very strong turnout to the twenty twenty two Gold Coast five hundred, and are expecting another uh, great event this year. We have some really cool things in the pipeline that are coming together for that event. So, yeah, if uh, you, if you, you're a race fan and you enjoyed anything about last year's uh, Gold Coast five hundred, you can expect more of the same and then some. Uh, when we come back to Surface Paradise uh, later this year.
0: So Mitch Robinson joining us on Inside Supercars, and well, interesting that as we heard, Supercars is down there. They're keeping an eye on everything with the test day, and a lot of people in and around the sport are very interested to see how these cars are going to go at the five hundred kilometre mark, because Bathurst being one thousand is going to put a real strain on the Gen 3 cars for the first time, Cara.
4: I'm just wondering with the Gen 3 cars, just just how are they going to go over these long distances? I mean, the start of the year, we had cars that were uh, going on fire. Uh, We've had all sorts of little sort of issues along the way that people have had. So we're going to be going for a lot more kilometres than we have all year. So it might just be interesting to see what does happen with these, these cars and, and how they're going to survive.
0: Mm. And with the test day up in Queensland, we've seen Shane Van Gisbergen. and Uh, come out of a fairly high-speed accident and uh, the reports we're hearing is that it wasn't actually a, a mechanical failure of the the brakes components we're hearing that it was actually a loss of fluid or something in and around that type of failure jamie winkup has spoken about what happened
3: yeah, it's been a sweet and sour day. Obviously, on the 97 side, we had, a, had an incident where the, um, the car lost lost, lost brakes, um, went in at turn six, fairly fairly hard. Um, the, the the actual car, um, you know, cop the damage quite well, and it's been it's going to be able to be fixed and back out for the end of the day, which is nice because uh, the key for this day is to give Richie some laps. So if we can get back out and give him an hour or two at the end, that would be. That'd be ideal, um, but the good news is Shane's okay. That's that's the critical bit. He's, uh, he's fine. He's a little sore, but but he's certainly fine. Um, and then on the 88 side, yeah, I've done 90% of laps. So I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm loving life. Just being back in the car, the car's moving around under brakes and in the mid corner. So I'm sort of starting to get a bit of a feel for um, for driving the car, not maximizing the braking zones yet. That's probably the last bit that comes. But as far as the mid corner and the drive and, and the buttons on the steering wheel and everything goes, I'm, uh, I'm in a good place. I'm feeling good.
0: Well, Mark Dutton spoke about the brake problem and explained just what happened and how SVG managed to avoid a complete catastrophe for the day. Yes,
1: yeah, so everything started smoothly. Guys went over the cars, checked everything, and uh, we we're running through our test plan. Uh, part of that was changing uh, brakes. So, you know, your, your bed brakes at these days, pre-event sort of thing. And um, what it looks like has happened is uh, one of the fittings has been knocked on the caliper. Um, and then that's subsequently come loose and so shane you know exiting turn oh sorry entering turn six and uh has has a driver's worst nightmare when the pedal goes to the floor so literally no front brakes um tries to slow it down does a 360 through the gravel washing off as much speed as he can and then managed to put it in perfectly square. So um, that's a big deal because that means the the force of the impact is shared equally on the car. So that that's why we've been able to fix it. The car has has performed magnificently. We uh, we actually didn't think we would be able to get it back out when we saw how how deep it was buried in in the tyres. Um, So, then the crew obviously worked tirelessly to to get it uh, it going, and we're just checking on the setup patch, make sure we haven't missed anything, Um, and, uh, and yeah, we'll be back on track shortly.
0: The teams take a lot of equipment with them to a test day, and Dutton spoke about what was available in the truck and how they were able to get the car repaired and back out onto the track towards the end of the day.
1: Yeah, so, you know, because we bring the trucks that we take to the track, so at the track we have to be able to do this, so it was basically the same thing. Um, you know, we had a little bit more time than you normally would between sessions as well, um, compared to at the track, uh, if you're racing. And so, yeah, we just had to crack on and get it done. As you said, we had it in the transport, and that actually acted like a hoist. We could get underneath, and uh, we were pleasantly surprised that the chassis rails, rails weren't damaged, the the front clip wasn't damaged it it was all uh, sort of your bolt on and off bits that uh, that you could uh, easily replace.
0: So Shane Van Gisbergen has well been certainly rattled after that brake failure and Dutton spoke about how they would look at the recovery process for their number one driver.
1: Exactly what you said there and I mean he'll he'll like anything like this he'll be more sore tomorrow so we'll get him to the physios yeah get him checked out there and then uh, we'll have a physio anyway at the Enduro, so so Dolph will make sure that, that he's in tip-top condition and uh, and he'll be good to go. Richie's here to, to finish off the
0: day. And it just immediately sent my mind back to when Nick had had a problem at Melbourne. And going the extra distance, where we hear about steering rack problems, if we hear about a, a brake problem, which I know every team will jump all over, and then other reliability concerns, It's gonna be the real first test because even at Newcastle, it was only 250 kilometer races. It wasn't 500 all in one go. And it's only a short time till they're doing 1000 all in one go.
4: So with the Enduros, I am really looking forward to seeing if the form of some of these top uh, drivers and teams, particularly uh, Erebus can continue. Uh, Whether we'll see a bit of a result resurgence from SVG. Try to say resurgence in SVG, 10 times fast. so that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for there. And uh, yeah, well, it, this endurance season is always the the time of year that uh, we get the, the heroes come out and the rest seem to fall away. So it'd be good to see what happens.
0: It is going to be interesting to follow it uh, throughout. And uh, Cara, great to have you on board here on Inside Supercars and uh, look forward to catching up and exploring your point of view throughout the next few weeks.
4: I'm looking forward to it too.
0: That's all we have time for on this week's edition of Inside Supercars. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
3: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.